0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: You are Locked On Buckeyes, your daily Ohio State Buckeyes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Welcome in. To the Lockdown On Buckeyes podcast, Matt Hayes, Brandon Beam. It is Monday, October first. Halloween is wow. creeping up on us, and I can't. October
1: already, man! I, I
0: can't wait to smash some Reese's Pieces. You know, Kit, mm. Kit Kat. The white Kit Kat's better than the chocolate Kit Kat. Oh, come on, get out wait, of here! Wait, you don't? No, you're not feeling the white Kit Kat. No, you don't like the white Kit Kat it's at like, all.
1: It's like the vanilla frosty. It just doesn't make sense. The vanilla frosty. Get it frosty out of here. It's pretty good. I, I'm Trash. not gonna
0: lie. You do the little fries in your frosty, and then you'll I be like good to a go. fry
1: in my frosty. Okay. But we shouldn't – here's my thing. We shouldn't have to differentiate – when I go to a place and order a Frosty, if I say give me a Frosty, they shouldn't say <laughs> vanilla or chocolate.
0: Look, some people don't like vanilla. Some people don't like chocolate. You got to have both. One for everybody, you know?
1: No, you don't. Yeah, you, you do. just keep the Frosty the way the Frosty was meant to be, and don't that's Don't be chocolate. selfish.
0: We all love vanilla Frosties around here. You get some fries, you know, dip your fries into the Frosty, and you'll be good to go. But enough of that, because you guys are here to hear us talk about the Ohio State Buckeyes and BEAM. We had another classic. Woo! we had another classic wow, on Sunday, man. Saturday night, excuse me. Um, it was just absolutely incredible. you and obviously, we'll spend a ton of time breaking out all different angles. we hear, you'll hear from Irvin. you'll hear from Dwayne Haskins. Um, there's just so much here to talk about with this game. And I think the big thing that I'm taking away from all this is not Dwayne haskins. um it's it's the concern for me on defense. and I have yep. to continue to address that being because, This is a big problem now when you're talking about this defense continuing to give up big, big plays for touchdowns. That's my problem. It's not, hey, we're going to give up a 40 yard play every once in a while, but we'll catch the guy. They're just giving up big time plays on these quick slants. We saw in the TCU game, we saw it in Oregon State, we saw it again at Penn State on Saturday night. Beam, I I just think that's the one thing. Overall, you won the game. That's really encouraging. But we're talking about a team that we think can win a national championship. So I want to address the flaws first before we get to all the good stuff. And, Beam, it hasn't changed for me what I've seen from the linebackers, from the safeties not taking good angles when they come down into the box. I mean, we've seen that for the last couple of years at Ohio State where you talking about the Tyvis Pals, the Malik Hookers, all those mm-hmm. guys. Ball hogs, and man. just absolute dogs. And what they've been able to do is clean things up when those uh, running backs or quarterbacks or wide receivers get past the second level. And right now we're just not seeing that.
1: No, we're not. And I think the uh, – listen, the, I think the biggest thing – uh, when you look at this Penn State game and you go back and you rewatch it, I think the biggest thing uh, that you noticed was just the missing of the linebackers. Yep. And listen, I think that um, exactly what you said, there were plenty of positives from Saturday night, but when you're talking about a national championship team, I think you address the negatives first and then you move on and do the praise. And I think the one glaring weakness, Maddie, uh, on that defense was the linebacker play. I think um, you know at the, at the end of the day, I think Malik Harrison and Pete Werner had pretty good days. Uh, when you look around and you just put their game in a bubble, I thought tough Borland being a guy who's a sophomore and who is a captain, I think he can step up with his play because I think that uh, Werner and Harrison uh, both played pretty good games. But, you know, when tough is out there, yeah, sure, he made some plays and he had a couple TFLs, and that's all fine and good. But, Uh, I just think that when you look at the scheme that Ohio State's playing, we know that they like to play that that drop-man cover. Um, And when Penn State's going empty in the gun and they leave Trace McSorley out there with no man to spy on him, then it's going to be tough because, look, all the plays that Trace McSorley busted loose on uh, in a heck of a running game for him – uh, all the plays that he busted loose on Maddie—it it wasn't when you know he broke contain or he broke a tackle from from a linebacker spying. It's literally when Ohio State dropped all of its guys back into man coverage. Right. The defenders had their backs turned. And they weren't even looking at Trace, and Trace was able to get out of the pocket, flush that thing, run right up the middle, exactly. and uh, just absolutely torch you. And I, I listen, I think that when you look at this linebacker crew, and you look at a Baron Browning, and you look at a Pete Werner, Malik Harrison, and Tough Borland, I think that they are very, very good players. I just think that the coaching staff continues to put them in in the wrong positions yep. i think when you look at bill davis the scheme uh that him and greg shiano came w- up with uh to put those guys back there and to drop them into coverage and have them turn around to go and chase down receivers and tight ends if you're gonna do that you need to make sure you do that in a situation where you know that the quarterback's not going to run on you i agree and he's not yep. going to bust 60 yards right down your throat and that's exactly what happened looked look at what happened When Ohio State continued Malik Harrison to put a spy on him, then it was fine. It it was was. was all good that the linebackers actually came up and made plays. I thought Malik Harrison did a good job containing Trace McSorley, but you continue to put Ohio State these linebackers in a situation where they can't respond and they're just doing their jobs. Because I think if they're put in the right situations, they're good enough players to actually make the plays. I
0: I agree. And you and I, we talked about this with Robinson at TCU. and We talked about it a ton last week with Trace McSorley. The containment thing was a big deal. Now, I think we got to give him a ton of credit. Of course. He was phenomenal in the game where you talk about 16 of 32, 286, two touchdowns. And then on the ground, he gives you twenty-five touches for a buck seventy-five, seven yards a pop, wow. and one of those was a fifty-plus yard run. Yeah. So this guy was absolutely incredible on his home turf. Look, Ohio State fans, you don't have to deal with this guy anymore until maybe, done. maybe the playoff. Maybe the playoff, but you don't. It's I looking like about that. you don't have to see Trace McSorley possibly until then. He is an absolute special, special quarterback for Penn State, and having him back after all they lost being has to be a big-time deal for them. But I thought what you were saying about the linebackers was a really good point, because it's not like those guys had terrible games. I just think our level of expectation for them is a lot higher when you're talking about the silver bullets, right? I mean, we got to be honest about it. Those guys for the last couple of years have not lived up to that billing, and they're young guys, so it's they still have time. And there's not time to panic or you shouldn't be panicking. It's just when you look at Ohio State every single year and a singular focus when it comes to talking about national championships, these little things are the things that will prevent you from that because we saw it last year – In a game against Iowa, right? Where nobody was expecting that to happen. And now we all,
1: I mean, we all said it was going to be a trap game, but nobody expected that. Nobody expected
0: that. Just completely just mollywop in Ohio State and give them all the credit because they were the better team on the field that day. But now, being we're getting to that point in the schedule where mentally guys could easily check out because they know they're going to be the better teams for the next handful of weeks, right? So, You just want – I need these guys to find a way to fine-tune this defense on the second level because – this stuff will kill you, Beam, when you're tra- talking about competing for a national championship. Sure. I mean, the Hamler thing, look, you and I are really impressed with him, but that slant he takes to the house out of the slot, I think it was on third and five on that play or something yeah, like that. Yeah, right down at the, their own 70-yard line. Exactly. I mean, 93 yards. I mean, he was. In, he's a special player. They have really good players, right? So I don't want people to think we're overreacting too much. But now we have a ton of breadcrumbs here to where we follow the breadcrumbs too this problem that just isn't going anywhere. And I don't know, maybe this is this is who the Buckeyes are gonna be all year long. I hope not. I hope not because I really think that this is gonna come back to bite them in a game that we're not expecting. And I just I hope I'm wrong. But we've seen this now for five straight weeks is that this defense at one point time throughout a game, you can get them for huge plays for touchdowns. And that's something you have to avoid, especially when you get later in the year and you start playing better teams like your Michigan States, your Michigans or whoever you're going to face possibly in the Big Ten Championship game. Those are going to be really good teams and they're going to know that they're going to be able to come after. I've even look, you look at a game like the Purdue game. Rondell Moore. I sure. mean, this guy—he's yeah. electric, and we talked about that. And I mean, the addition of not the addition, but the transition to David blau permanently has really got them going. So no beam. That's the the biggest negative for me this entire year has been the big plays, and that's unfortunate that we didn't see that uh, get nipped in the butt on Saturday. At Penn State.
1: Yeah, it, me too. It, it really has. You know, not taking anything away from Penn State because I thought that their game plan was fantastic. I thought their defense, Maddie. Played out of this world good, and they had that game right exactly where they wanted to. But going back to the Hamler play, uh, you, like you said, third and five on their own seven-yard line. You're thinking, all right, maybe this is going to be Ohio State momentum time. They can finally flip a flip a switch, and it'll be all good. And you know, it, tough tough coverage for Sean Wade. On a third and five, I agree. very very tough coverage with a twitchy guy like Hamler. Uh, that's it's no fun being on an island there. Um, but listen, you're gonna get beat on those. That's that's gonna happen. The best cornerbacks in the world get beat every single weekend when you're talking about cor- you know playing college, playing in the NFL. Um, so I am not too concerned with that. My biggest concern is just the safety play. Opposite of Jordan Fuller. Yeah, because and, we know that Fuller is that guy. Yeah, we know Fuller is. is very, very good. He's a dog. But when you look opposite of him and you look at a guy like Johnson Went or an Isaiah Pryor, and Pryor was in on that play and he took a horrendous angle. Yep. When you're taught in football, Maddie, you're taught literally just to run him to the boundary. Yeah. Run him, stay in front of him, run him to the boundary. No doubt. He's already gotten the first down. He's no already question. broken a big play. If he gets 15 more yards, so what? But you cannot undercut that—that that, uh, not even route, but where he's running. You can't undercut it and under pursue mm-hmm. because then all of a sudden you're dead. Yeah. And they, you know Hamler showed you that. And so the fact that you know Went and Pryor both. Um, you have really no confidence in either one of them. Uh, no, I think- and
0: you know what? I think that's a great point because I was sitting here thinking while you were talking about Went and you're talking about Prior. You know how we always talk about well the saying in football: if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Well, I think that can apply to certain positions because the coaching staff is telling us what since they're playing Went and Prior kind of split they're not too confident in either guy, right? Because if you had one guy that you really like, you're playing him opposite Jordan Fuller and you're moving on. you got to wait your turn for whether a guy gets tired, whether a guy unfortunately gets injured, things like that. But – the fact that these guys prior and Went, are playing kind of split time here to me is concerning. It tells me, it takes me inside the coach's mind a little bit, that they're not too confident in either guy right now Beam. So I think the safety thing is definitely a real thing, and I don't think the problem is going to go anywhere. Can these guys grow throughout the season? Sure.
1: I think the but- luckily for them, Matty, is that you have these next five games to figure everything out. You have these games now uh, because really, you know, the Purdue game, okay, that may be a little bit sketchy and that may be – uh, something to look forward to when that week rolls around. But listen, you got Indiana coming in this week. You got Minnesota coming in the week after.
0: Who's got a true freshman quarterback? Right.
1: So, like these two teams, don't worry me. Like I said, Purdue could be something when you go into Ross There's no juice in that stadium. I'm sure it's going to be probably a three thirty or noon game. Uh, West Lafayette's the most. It's the grayest place I've ever been in my life. Everything is gray surrounding it. But listen, you you have five weeks to now figure it out yep. until you get to Sparty. You've got five weeks five games to try and figure this defense out because it's obvious to me that the defensive line, even without Nick Bosa, is still the ultimate strength on your football team. So you got five weeks, figure it out, and instead of you know splitting guys, splitting differences, and going with Went or Pryor, I think you need to make a decision and roll with it.
0: I, I agree. Uh, you talk about two of the next four games even are against true freshman quarterbacks, yeah. Minnesota and Nebraska. So the defense should be able to get... Um, on track, hopefully, and figure this thing out. I think the thing we've got to monitor and we'll talk about it tomorrow is the status of Draymond Jones. Because yeah. he did, it yeah. was noted by some beat reporters that he left the game in a walking boot. And I know he gutted it out late in the game, which you love. You could tell
1: he was hurting. After the tell... game, Chase Young had his arm around him. He looked like he, was, he was, hurting, was struggling. Right. So
0: that could be potentially some bad news. When we talk to you guys on Tuesday, we'll obviously have you updated on that. Before we take a quick break, come back here from Urban and talk about the offensive side of the ball. I want to let you know about our people from vivid seats. We all love a night out, whether it's seeing our favorite band in person or being there in the crowd to cheer on your favorite team with vivid seats you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price vivid seats is the top source for tickets for all the live events you want to go to you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice to make to make things even better, Vivid Seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for the new customers to receive $20 off your orders of 200 or more to save even more money. Go check out our guys at Vivid Seats. We'll be right back. Talk a little to offense and let you hear from Irvin.
1: This is Locked on Buckeyes, your team every day. So
0: offensively, I thought they were okay. They weren't as sharp as we've seen early, but... I want to go back to giving Penn State credit because you mentioned it. I thought their defense played a pretty solid game. Me too. You had the one pick – from um from Dwayne, but that was off Rashad Berry's hands, our guy. So tough, you get, you tough get, play. Tough play. You got two picks on the year from Dwayne that I don't think are necessarily his fault. So I'm not too worried about that. He did look a little shaky early in the game. Mm-hmm. And I, and maybe it was the atmosphere. Len, look, that's a real thing when you're talking about what happens at Penn State. Of course. I mean, you guys all watched the game. You felt that coming through your TV screen. And I can only imagine what that's like. You've been there before. A quarterback who has never dealt with that his entire life. Because think about that. He's never played in an atmosphere like that his his
1: entire life. And we talk about all the time how he gets dropped in uh, to the Michigan game last year. Let me tell you from being at both stadiums that – that atmosphere at Michigan Stadium, even for an Ohio State-Michigan game, yeah. and that rivalry is nowhere close to a night game whiteout at Happy Valley. It's right. not even close. Yes, yeah. there's a lot of pressure on you, sure. but that environment with the noise raining down on you and the disorientation of having the white surrounding you and knowing exactly what this game is, Maddie, this could have been a college football playoff no semifinal. No doubt, like that, it had this kind of a feel to it. But yes. I, I thought,
0: I thought they played. Fine. They were fine, and that's how I feel. I felt the same way, you know, Haskins 22 of 39, 270. Uh, only 6.9 yards a carry um, per pass, So, but he had three touchdown passes, right? And you're talking about they, they figured out a way to really start to gash the defense, I thought, late in the game being where they started establishing those screen passes. Obviously, you talk about the K.J. Hill uh, pass at the end there, which was incredible. You got Terry McLaurin taking out three defenders, blocking that way. And that's so funny because we were talking about that last yep. week, about how he's really he embraced loves that. that and he loves wants to be the Evan Spencer of this team. Yep. You watch that play, man, him going back and just wiping out guys like that. That stuff is so valuable. But I thought it was really good play calling by Ryan Day, Kevin Wilson, those in the guys urban in the second half <laughs> to say, you know what, we got to adjust and those screens really worked out for them, and obviously you had the freak play from Benjamin Victor, who um, you feel really good Good about him, because I know a lot of Buckeye fans have been waiting for him to make plays like that consistently, because you see the body type, you see the athleticism, it's all there, he just hasn't put it together yet, being that was a huge what 47-yard touchdown pass, I mean they had to have it for him to go up in the air, catch that thing, and run away from those guys, was really impressive, you and I have been really really on board with this receiver group this year, and now you've got their Victor and Matt, kind of the younger guys of the group that are couldn't contribute to these guys are going to be ridiculous all year long but being that play right there to me was Benjamin Victor's coming out party, and I think we'll see some good things from him moving
1: forward it was shocking almost uh when he went up and caught that ball you know you're watching it in live time and you're like yeah it's a good catch okay all right make some moves oh my god he's gone you know it was just it was one of those plays where I couldn't even really understand what had happened uh and then you go back to the replay and you show it and just the body strength that he has the body control to go up in the air yep to get up there above every other defender uh, and then to turn his body around backwards, catch the ball behind him, keep his momentum running, break a tackle, cut inside break another tackle it like it, it was crazy it was and I don't think Ohio State fans knew uh, exactly what Ben Victor was you know this is a guy Maddie, who we've been talking up um, by saying like alright this guy's going to be good eventually it's just you have to uh, you know you have to break out and I think that you know he showed you exactly why he is an electric player uh, right there and like I said I don't think Ohio State fans knew that he was capable of doing that We yeah. knew he was a big body guy maybe 50-50 balls so he can go up and get a couple but to make the moves and the yards After catch, just yakking and racking all the way down to the house, man. It was uh, it was insane. It was insane, and at that time in the game, too. Yeah, you had to have it. Sure, you had to have a play. I mean, that's clutch
0: play right there. That's um that takes guts right there from a guy that really hasn't been relied on much to step up and say, you know, I got us right now. I got us two catches, fifty-five yards in that one touchdown. I mean, he was really dynamite. You talk about Paris Campbell. I thought he was pretty solid again, man. I really do. You talk about outside seven of the six. first quarter, and I the mean, drops. Yeah, the drops, and that's yeah. always been a thing for him. And that, you know, that bothers me. That pains me because I see. I'm sure it pains him the potential you know? that he has, man. Yeah. Just putting that together, the drops. We see this with some receivers, man, at every level in sports, man, where some guys just can't get over it, right? And he's maybe a guy that's going to have that problem moving forward. But when you do get the ball in his hands, he's going to be special. It's funny because he kind of reminds me of a former Buckeye. You remember? Um Ted Ginn had his problems the last sure. couple years in the NFL with drops. And now he's kind of figured it out, and he's become a valuable player to the Saints. And um, he's just a really good football player for what he does in the NFL. And I think Paris Campbell will be able to do that. Here's Urban on that Benjamin Victor play. No, he's had three weeks of great practice. He's one of those uh, extremely talented, very good young man that uh, just has not performed to his potential. But he has been outrageous in practice, and really he's that's a coming out party for him. So there you go. I mean, he's seeing it, it in was. practice, and yeah. now you know that he has this in him. So I think the coaching staff should push him and give him more opportunities to make plays for sure, because I think when you look at his body type, he's the one receiver to where he could really do damage, especially when you talk about down in the red zone, throwing to a big body like that, going up and making plays. You know the athleticism is there, beam. I would love to see them... Push him even more and try to get the ball to Benjamin Victor. You know they like to spread the ball around, but I just see that he has maybe the most upside of yeah, all the yeah, receivers. Yeah, no doubt. Um, so I would really like to see them put more work on his shoulders because I think he can handle it. And moving forward, I think he'll be. I think he'll just. I'll, I think he'll be just fine. I yeah, yeah. Really
1: you, know, you we we always talk about you know Paris Campbell and KJ Hill and Terry McLaurin. Like those are the three guys. Those are your rocks. You know they've they've kind of tapped their potential. Uh, they you. I'm trying to say this in a way that, like, you know what they are. You know, you know exactly what they're going to give you. That's what I'm saying. I think Ohio State fans have wanted for so long a big body guy, a guy who can go up and grab everything. And if he continues to play with this level of confidence, then there's no reason that, you know, he can't be in the mix for one of the leading receivers at the end of the year. I know Haskins is still throwing it to everyone, but if he can lock on to Mac and Victor in big down and distance situations yes. and just have a go get it guy, yeah. uh, that's gonna be huge. Because, you know, when you look at KJ and, and Paris and Terry, like those aren't those aren't guys who you're gonna throw fifty fifty no, up to and win no. those are guys who are going to have to be open they yep. can make contested catches and everything uh, but they're not going to be guys who go and out jump a defensive back yeah. and i think that's what ben victor and austin mack bring to the table but going back to the play calling you know the first half, Maddie. I thought it was so. It, it really was. It was just like watching a slow motion train wreck because it was. It was horrible. Yeah, you know, and it, it was. They, they didn't get any yards going. But then that second half, man. They figured out that Penn State was trying to get pressure to Haskins. Of course, they were getting players in his faces. So what did they do? Kevin Wilson, Ryan Day. Uh, they just literally started throwing. Throwing screen passes, yeah. so and, and,
0: and that's that's great coaching. Yeah, of that is it great is. coaching, and that's why you pay those guys the money that they get paid to make plays like that or make decisions like that in huge games like we saw on Saturday night. Here's Urban uh, crediting the offense for bouncing back. The first half was awful, you know, in a lot of ways. And uh, give credit to our opponent because that's a hell of a team we just played. And uh, Ryan and Kevin did an excellent job making adjustments and started protecting them and keeping them upright. And when he's upright, he's very good. And uh, our guys made plays, man. They did. And you got to give them credit. But the adjustment was the big thing. And that's always really encouraging for Buckeye fans, or it should be, um, just because you know you got guys that have seen a ton of things, that one guy that's been in the NFL, two guys that have – I'm sorry, I'm thinking about Grishiano, not Kevin Wilson, but he's been a head coach in the Big sure. Ten, and he's got a great offensive mind. We've seen his teams come in to Ohio State and really put up a ton of points, especially on other teams. So offensively, this team is going to be perfectly fine, Beam. I'm not worried about that moving forward. I think my concern is going back to our first block are definitely going to be uh, with the defensive side of the ball.
1: Yeah, yeah, and I am with you there. I think the only thing, Maddie, uh, when you look at when you look at the offense, I thought the halftime interview... Or not really interview the question that Urban answered at halftime. I think he probably went into that locker room and really chastised his offensive line yeah. uh, because I thought they were they were getting beaten around the block. Yep, uh, that whole first Which was half. surprising because they've been good all year. Yeah, they've been very good all year. But then in the second half, they can they started to dominate the line of scrimmage. You saw some runs sure. uh, to go for some yards and everything like that. But I think that was you know that was a, a key area going into this game how it was going to turn the tide. And in the second half, you saw an Ohio state offensive line that was pushing people around. Uh, Before we go uh, to our next break, Maddie, let me tell you about our guys uh, from vivid seats. You talked about it. I'll talk about it. Now go to the app store or Google play and download the vivid seats app. Use promo code locked on for $20 off orders of $200 or more as a new customer of vivid seats. Every purchase is backed by a 100% buyer guarantee from the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more vivid seats has it all down. Download the app. Enter promo code Locked On for twenty dollars off orders of two hundred dollars more as a new customer of Vivid Seats. Make a memory that lasts a lifetime, and let Vivid Seats help you and your friends get to your favorite live event. You are locked on Buckeyes. Available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.
0: Chase Young, Dwayne Haskins, Big Ten Players of the Week. Dogs. Chase Young, this was my high. i am here party. Mm-hmm. I'll be a top-ten pick next year. Remember my name. That, that to me, was this game for yep. him. You talk about the huge fourth-and-one stop there. Questionable play calling by James Franklin. Bad, I think if we were Penn State fans, we would be upset about that play call just because I don't know how Trace McSorley doesn't get the ball in that case. Look, and especially you talk about handing off from, oh, what, a fourth and five, I believe? Or, I'm sorry, fourth it was and fourth one. And f- no, it was fourth and five. Fourth and five, and five but yeah. I'm talking about it. it. was probably like eight yards deep from where the running back got sure. the ball to the first down yeah. marker. So to me, that play was just, I would be really frustrated if I was Penn State fans because of what McSorley was doing, especially with his legs all game long. Get that give, him guy a, the ball. give him a chance. Give him a chance. And give I can live with him not getting it over Saunders. Now, I understand he's a solid player too, but the way McSorley was just going crazy on Ohio State, man, that's the guy that would want the ball in his hands at that time. That, to me, was just really questionable by James Franklin.
1: Yeah, it was sickening if you're a Penn State fan because you have a guy in Trace McSorley. And listen, if you're a Nittany Lion fan today and you're listening to this, I'm sure you're still sick because I'm sitting here on Monday in Columbus, Ohio and not knowing how Ohio state came out with this victory. It was a fourth and five call. Penn state calls a timeout. Ohio state follows it up with a timeout. Penn state calls another timeout. So there was a lot of cat and mouse chess game going on. Uh, But then to draw up that play, to draw up a fourth and five play where you're literally just running it into the heart of the defense. I don't get it. If you're a Penn state fan, I think you can live. You can absolutely live with, Trace McSorley making an errant pass oh, or an incompletion or throwing it up and having an interception uh, or getting taken down if he's trying to get to the boundary before the first down marker, but just to run it right up the gut. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, I, know. I, I, know. I don't understand that call. You know what it reminds me of? When Ohio
0: State... Against Michigan State? Yeah, you know, that's exactly what it reminded High me of. Hide to the sideline? Exactly. Line. Exactly what it reminded me of. Um How Braxton doesn't get the ball in that situation to me is, I think, a question mark for a lot of Bucca fans forever because that was a big deal.
1: Who knows what could have happened?
0: Exactly. Here's Dwayne Haskins on learning from uh, some of the stuff from the TCU game and how that helped him out against Penn State. We were down going into third quarter TCU game and... um you know, this is just you never. This I just still feel, feel like this game lets you know you're never down and out. And you know, no matter what can happen, you just got to keep faith, got to keep building, keep keep going after it. Um, we did that today, and um, going against TCU helped us out for this moment right here. and, and I think he's dead on because now he's been through the ringer a couple times. Some tough games, some battles. And now after this game, there's not going to be anything he sees atmosphere-wise that's going to shake him because this was the most hostile environment, I believe, in college football. When you talk about Ohio State coming to Penn State for a wideout game, it was absolutely special. So like we said, he wasn't great in the first half, but I really feel good about him moving forward, not too concerned. being, But to see him finally get this off his back, know what this is all about, is going to be really valuable for him moving forward. And he may not ever have to play in that stadium ever again because if he comes back next year, it will be
1: down here. The look that he got in his eye. Uh, on the fourth quarter drive, Maddie, it was it was unbelievable um, when they're when they're driving down the field, man, and they zoom in on him, and you just see his eyes looking towards the sideline, and he's yep. just locked in, totally locked, locked in, like yeah. he looked. Like and I know he tweeted after the game, like you know when a lion finally corners his prey or yeah. something like that, and that's what he he had Simba. the look on his face yeah. where he's like, all right, it's time, let's go, it's time to and, go right now, yeah. And for the first half, you could criticize him all you wanted. He he was okay, he was okay. He made one mistake, which really wasn't his fault. Yeah. You know, we it popped off a of berry, but. The fact that you go into Penn State, you do that in the second half, you do that in the fourth quarter with two minutes left to go in the game. Amazing. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it, it's unbelievable. It is
0: unbelievable, Beam. Before we get out of here, here is Dwayne talking about being down by twelve in the fourth quarter. The biggest thing is this, you know, you know, that you can't get rattled, you know, there's a possibility for us win the game and we never lost faith, never lost doubt. You know, made the plays we need to be made and um I did a really, really great job today. Resilience, resilience, mm-hmm. right? And he has a backbone. This guy's not scared of anything. I really love that. I love the trash talk out there, blowing kisses. Oh, to man, the I was love beautiful. stuff like that. This guy's yeah. a competitor. He's fired up. You know, I, he took it personal when those guys came out and pretty much called him soft, saying, "Hey, if you hit him, he'll start to crumble a little bit." Right. And the quarterback for Ohio State, it he got took stronger it personal. as the game went on. He got stronger as the game yeah. went on. He got better. The coaching staff got better. Beam. This was a great win for Ohio State, and now you're sitting in the catbird seat as far as the Big Ten East goes. So this is huge yeah. as far. As playoff implications, we'll talk about that more throughout the week. But just overall, for Ohio State, phenomenal win. What you've been able to do against Penn State for the last couple years, you should feel really good about it if you're a Buckeye fan because that's a heck of a program. James Franklin's got that thing on track, he's got a heck of a quarterback, and you've been able to take them down moving forward. Just stay away from the hiccups being, but just overall, man, I thought this was a really, really solid win for the
1: Bucks. Yeah, I do too. I like I said, it's a Monday. I'm sitting here in Columbus, Ohio, and still not understanding how they won. Uh, this game. I thought Penn State was the better team, but the fact that Ohio State actually came out and won this game is amazingly remarkable to me. Uh, when Ohio State, you know, they could have. They could have getting get beat, Maddie, twenty-one to nothing at mm-hmm. halftime. It yep. could have been so easy. I agree. And the fact that you know you're down, uh, you're down twelve points in the fourth quarter, you, you're able to have that rallying point and you're able to come back. It really is just unbelievable. So great win for Ohio State. It
0: was huge. It was absolutely big time. We will be back tomorrow. Hopefully, we'll have an update on you for you on Draymond Jones. Beam hit him with the Twitter handle before we get out of here at
1: Brandon Beam nine seven one. You want to follow me? I'll be tweeting about the Ryder Cup havoc. The beatdown in France Sick all week. That, it was yeah. no good. Tommy Fleetwood, Francesco Molinari, hats off to you, my European friends, because you're absolute savages.
0: <laughs> I'm at MaddieX971. If you guys are listening to this pod, you guys have questions, things you want us to talk about, hit us up there. We'll definitely try to make that happen for you guys. We'll be back tomorrow to talk all things Buckeyes. Matt Hayes, Brandon Bean from 971, the fan on the Lockdown Buckeyes podcast.